Welcome to the One in the Many. My name is Arshak Benlian. My purpose with the One in the Many podcast is to explore the process of integration as a developmentally formative and therapeutically corrective factor in human psychology. Subscribe and share the One in the Many podcast with friends and family and connect with me at oneinthemany.net. In this last episode of The Link Between Philosophy and Psychology, I would like to connect the fifth branch of philosophy, aesthetics, with what I regard the fifth branch of psychology, man's sense of life. As per Oxford English Dictionary, to our modern time years, aesthetics is concerned with beauty and the appreciation of beauty. But fundamentally and etymologically, we should thank the Greeks for giving the term to us. From Greek, aesthetikos, from aestheta, perceptible things, from aesthetai, perceive. This focus on perceptible things on our ability to perceive the world and other people as the final branch of philosophy underlies the importance and significance of perception for men. We are inspired by nature as much as we are inspired by the appearance of others. Imagine, for example, the Sierra Nevada mountains or the statue of David by Michelangelo. Similarly, we can be disgusted by a foul smell in nature or unpleasant odor of a passerby. We can spend hours listening to melodic harmony presented flawlessly at a concert or spend hours listening to birds singing to each other. But it is terrifying listening to the awesome power of a hurricane pounding on your walls of shelter, or the deafening sounds of a loudspeaker's emitting random and disintegrated noise. Our perceptive experiences of the world and others directly reflect on our sense of life. Ayn Rand states, quote, A sense of life is a preconceptual equivalent of metaphysics, an emotional, subconsciously integrated appraisal of man and of existence. Psychologically, man's sense of life is the most fundamental in him. It is his compass that gives direction to his path in life. The generosity of a benevolent soul can alter the sense of life of a man of miserable existence, as it was shown by Victor Hugo in Les Miserables. The power of perception can ignite a war 
or flame a heart in love. It can draw the Mona Lisa or splash red paint on a canvas. It can send 300 men against a million in a bloody hand-to-hand combat. It can peer into the eyes of a stranger and fall in love forever. The one in the many, the process of integration, is the dynamo of our sense of life. Through perception, we are perpetually and indispensably engaged in the metaphysics of our self. We are consciously articulating the focus of our epistemologically established custom of existence and constantly refine our emotional intelligence to produce more efficiently and relate more meaningfully to others. It is the perception of the one in the many in others that makes us and them important and valuable. Perception is an automatic function of man's nature. To live is to perceive. Identifying what man perceives requires mental effort in the form of conscious focus in reality. To man, perception comes in the form of vision, touch, hearing, smell, and taste. Some may argue that balance is a form of perception too. That the integration of man's perceptive experiences in individual coherent whole distinguishes him from the rest of the animal kingdom. The conceptualization of man's identification of by virtue of rationality on the basis of his perceptive mechanism is not automatic. It is volitional. Through the conceptual mechanism, man is capable of misidentifying facts in reality. If he misidentified the pain in his stomach, he faces the danger of dying hungry and in pain. If he misidentified the pain in his child, the child may die hungry and in pain. <clears throat> the survival of man depends on the veridical relationship between perception and conceptualization. Unlike perception, deception is a volitional phenomenon. To deceive the individual must differentiate between what is true and false and choose the latter. To the extent that there is no anatomical abnormality in the perceptive mechanism of the child, his mind will guide his identification in accordance with the cause and effect principle. Perception is the norm. Deception is the abnormal. The ability of a child to perceive the world around him is limited by the amount of data he can process on the perceptual level. George Miller in a study in 1956, has demonstrated that humans are capable of holding in the field of their awareness up to seven distinct entities as a unit of perception. Ayn Rand has coined the term crow epistemology to denote the limitations of the perceptual level. When the child arrives at the conceptual level of learning, 
when he performs, as Ayn Rand uh, defines concept formation, quote, mental integration of two or more units possessing the same distinguishing characteristics with their particular measurement omitted, end of quote. And when this method of learning becomes his modus operandi, the potential for his life becomes unlimited. I'll repeat that. When the child arrives at the conceptual level of learning, when he performs a mental integration of two or more units possessing the same distinguishing characteristics with their particular measurement omitted, and when this method of learning becomes his modus operandi, the potential for his life becomes unlimited. The child's body is limited by laws of nature. The child's mind is unlimited by the law of identity and his degree of curiosity and imagination about the world. His identification of what inspires and motivates his sense of life will define the magnitude of the horizon in his future. If he concerned himself only with the perceptively available to him, he will be limited by the myopia of his context. If he chose to adhere to the abstraction from the perceptively available to the conceptually possible, he will see far beyond the limits of his perceptual boundaries. His sense of life will be unlimited. All that work he did as an infant and toddler, as adolescent and young adult, to become a self-sufficient human being integrated in reality pays off in the now-earned, proud sense of life he has achieved. Pride is dependent on achievement of a value. Pride is not an automatic sense of life experience. The child must earn it. Ayn states in Atlas Shrugged, quote, Pride is the recognition of the fact that you are your own highest value and like all of men's values, it has to be earned that of any achievements open to you, the one that makes all other possible is the creation of your own character. End of quote. For the child to grow into a happy adult, he must create a character capable of enjoying happiness. The pursuit of happiness is the final destination and the cyclical progression of his development and interaction with reality. Happiness is the effect he desires to sustain for a pain-free, meaningful existence on earth. It is selfish and non-negotiable quality of anyone's life. The extent of one's celebration is proportionate to the extent of one's sense of life. The prouder the man has achieved to be, the happier and greater his celebration of life. Like an infant, an adult is constantly evaluating his body functions, his relation to others, his relation to existence. His integration of body and mind, thought and action Percepts and concepts are dependent on his volition 
to pursue happiness, i.e. pursue values that give rise to a meaningful life. His reaction to a threat of his meaningful life is swift and determined. If he misidentified a threat as a complement to his happiness, he will be reminded of the pain he experienced in his tummy as an infant. Living meaningfully is a taxing endeavor where one is perennially on alert. But the reward is disproportionately great. To celebrate life, man is required to, by nature, to respond timely to the pain-pleasure principle, to see the world rationally, to adhere to particulars and universals with honesty, to get inspired by his identifications, to blend reason and emotion in integrated harmony, to rely on the implicit as he relies on the explicit knowledge, which will guide his volition to select the values that in turn will test his positive and negative emotions, to be selfish and just as in reality, so in society, to be motivated in his pursuit of happiness, to produce goods and values as a free member of a free society, to act in order to achieve the goals he sets for himself, to create proud and unlimited sense of life made possible by his relentless perception of reality. On one side of the tree of life, you have the five branches of philosophy. On the other side, you have the five branches of psychology. And you, the one in the many, are the stem firmly rooted in existence and proudly raising your crown to the sky. This is the one in the many. The principle of life is the process of integration from a single cell to an ideal human being. The story of life unfolds through integration, from a single percept to a library of knowledge. Through virtue, reason, honesty, independence, selfishness, productivity, you set your values, purpose, to achieve self-esteem and happiness. Through time and energy, from induction to integration to reduction, the smallest particle unifies matter, and the highest purpose unifies your life. You, the one in the many, matter. May you integrate your life with value-driven days.